Welcome to Size Eyes, the life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Fully Content series, where content is king, but its wisdom is the kingdom. Where learning is simultaneously a convergent and divergent experience. Where the threads of all the content consumed connect to form a mesmerizing web of infinite understanding. This series explores my unique insights, learnings, and connections with books, podcasts, articles, documentaries, and any other forms of content that I consume. Ultimately though, all this knowledge is only a rumor until it is in the muscle. All right, welcome back to another episode of Size Eyes and the Fully Content series. Chilling in the Starbucks right now. We're gonna be discussing the Quarter Life Breakthrough book that I read, authored by Adam Smiley Poswalski. So I read this actually in like three days. Uh, maybe four days. Started it October 10th, finished it October 13th, and it was a great book, pretty solid book. Um, I ordered it very recently and wanted to read it very quickly because I wanted to understand the book in this genre because there aren't that many books in this genre that I have found and have read. So this was one of those that I wanted to get into that space. So let me just dig in here. There's a lot of stuff that I want to go through. Some of it is going to be in stuff that he wrote in the book. Some of it is going to be a lot of my insights about it. So one quote that he had in there uh, by one of his friends was, we run forward, we push, we have goals, we dream to get to the present. We run forward, we push, we have goals, we dream to get to the present by one of his friends, Julia Winston. And that was a great little pausing moment for me as I read it. Just because it's like, yeah, like we're doing all these things just to get somewhere to have this destination. And it's like, it's just the present. Like, we're always only in the present. We're never in the past, we're never in the future, even though our goals are to get us to the future. Or maybe sometimes in our case, to pull us away from the past. But we're always just in the present. So that was, that was a quote that really resonated with me. Now one of the things that's about the book here is, I was reading it, kind of alluded to, and you've probably seen in the recent episodes of this series as well as other series in the last couple of months of um, a lot of things about books, book writing, stuff like that. So I read this one, again, with that perspective of writing a book in this genre, uh, in this quarter life crisis, learning your purpose um, type of mentality. And so as I was reading it, I got more insights than I would have if I was just reading it to, as a consumer. So I was reading it as someone who 
is still going through that process, but also as someone who is writing a book. And when I re read it with that intention, I was able to pick up things similar to how I'm going through my coaching. So for example, in my coaching with Langston, I'm going through it as the client. I'm going through it as he is t nine, 10 years older than me. He has experienced all these things that I have not. He has had success that I want to get to at some point. And he's able to teach me, he's able to coach me, he's able to counsel me. In addition to that, being a coach myself, I can learn what he is doing with me and apply that to my clients. So I get double the impact, double the awareness, double the learnings, double the lesson, double the experience. Same thing here. I'm able to understand the book from a reader perspective, and then, I, then I'm able to understand the book from a writer perspective in the specific industry and genre. I'm able to leverage that. So, recommend anyone listening here to, when you're looking at content, how can you make the most out of that content, not just for the content that's in it, but reading in between the lines as well. Now, one thing I've done after I read books is post on my Instagram that, and then I'll re leave a couple of quick lines, and I'll leave a rating for it, rating for the book or the value for the book that I received. And I did that. Actually, this was the first time that I actually tagged the author. And he, he so Adam actually saw it. Uh, since w when you tag, you can see someone through, their, through the direct messages, and he actually saw it. And I gave the book a rating of 9 out of 10. Um, and who knows if he would have posted it on his story. But I think the lesson I learned there was don't give, other, don't give books a quantitative rating. I can keep that to myself. Like the value that I find in the book may be completely different from the value that someone else finds from reading a book. One book that I find horrible might be an amazing life-changing book for someone else and vice versa. So don't judge those. Don't judge a book not just by its cover, but even if after you've read it. Here's, that's the lesson here. Now going back to the perspective of like reading the book with the perspective of writing a book here, I was also taking note of what exercises he had the readers do, what questions he was asking. And it was validating for me and affirming because I was on the same track. His approach and my approach is not better or worse. I feel mine is more comprehensive, his is more niche down. I felt he was more geared towards the career side of things and finding your purpose um, on, your, on the career side and then it'll translate into all the rest of your domains of your life. Mine is a little bit more comprehensive I would like to think it's as deep, if not deeper, but that's to be determined as I continue fleshing out the edits of the book. As, I, as I'm writing the book, though, 
I just right now actually realized that the book, writing the book was, you know, it's, it's at 80 to 90 pages right now. It truly has been a creative and intuition process. And it hasn't integrated anything explicitly. By that, I mean, there are so many inputs that I can have into the book. But all of them, it was just me thinking. Me just, me with my, the keyboard and just typing shit out. I actually didn't take a look at any resources, any sources, any other books like this or any other things that really sparked the thoughts. Whatever I had in my head, I would do that. And then, then write things out. But I had never, I never, like I read this book and I started the writing process. And after writing the book, or during the process of writing the book, I actually didn't like refer to any notes in this. Even though I took a lot of notes with the intention of using them, I didn't actually reference them. So in draft two, I'm probably gonna do a little bit more of that. One thing that he did a good job of um, was sharing other stories to illustrate his points. After finishing the first draft of the book, I, it's, um, it's, it's very bones, it's very skeleton-y. There's no real story in it, and that's fine. That's almost the intention of a first draft. I don't need to have all the stories laid out. That's, that'll be part of the feedback that I have for myself that others will have for me. But he did a good job of bringing all these stories and of people in his life, not just like famous people, but people in his life on a normal day-to-day -day basis. And I think that's a, a strong example because you don't need to look to people who are outside of your first, second degree of influence. You can find people within your own life who are accomplishing the things, who are being the person that you want to be. And he was able to share those examples and articulate them well. So I will attempt to do the same thing and I imagine one of those stories will be my own. Whether I give it myself, give myself that name in the book or not, TBD on that. But again, sharing the power of stories to illustrate his points, that's definitely going to be key tenet as I write the book. One idea, I actually don't know if he had it in his book, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but one insight I had from it was reframing sacrifice as prioritization. So a lot of times we think about sacrifice as, I, I am saying no to a lot of these things, like, oh, I want to do this, you know, fear of missing out, like I'm sacrificing myself, I'm losing something by not doing this. But what if we reframed it as, instead of losing something, instead of the no to something, what if you're saying yes to the things that you are prioritizing? You're saying yes to the things that matter to you. Yes to the things that will move the needle on the person that you want to become. So challenge you listening right now to reframe a sacrifice as prioritization. And when you are living a life of alignment, 
prioritization will naturally happen. It'll become much easier to say no to the things that aren't in alignment with that, aren't your top priorities. Another thing that's in the book right in my book right now is about leverage. And I believe one of the main types of leverage out there is wisdom. I don't think this was necessarily anything in the book specifically that I that I read in, in Adam's book, but just a thought from it about leveraging wisdom. You're actually able to get the fruits of leveraging wisdom more fruits the younger you have it. So for example, so let's say wisdom is an exponential curve and mostly all types of leverages are exponential because your input, uh, X amount of input will receive, let's say 2X of output. Now when you stack those, it becomes from 2X to 2X to the second power, which is 4X squared and then times to the two power becomes, you know, 16x cubed, etc. So it becomes exponential very quickly. Now, if we apply that same concept to wisdom, if we elongate the time, so the large, the longer the timeline of that, the longer the time horizon, the greater the curve is, the greater the point is, the later you go on. So that just, I'm just basically saying that the earlier we can apply wisdom as a form of leverage in our own life, the more we can actually gain from it. It's just like compounding interest with finance um, and your 401k. Right? The earlier you invest, the longer you live, long, and the more you keep investing into it, the greater your dividends in 20, 30, 40 years. So same concept, but just applied to the type of leverage here of wisdom. One line in the book that really resonated with me, let me find it in my notes here. He had a quote in there of, or he, it was actually not a quote, but I'm quoting him since it was just a normal line in a book, in the book. It was, nothing gives me the authority, I gave myself the authority. Oof, nothing gives me the authority I gave myself the authority. That's a great line. Because I think we're always looking for permission. We're always looking for validation. Like, oh, who's going to say yes to me? Like, nah. Like, we just got to say yes to ourselves. Like, yeah, no one gave me the authority to start my own business. No one gave me the authority to start writing this book. I was like, screw that. I'm doing this myself and I will attract the right people into my life to help me achieve that mission. No one gave me that authority. No one gave him the authority to start his speaking business, go around the country helping other young professionals going through a quarter-life crisis to impact their lives. That is a powerful quote. One thing he also had that I hadn't thought about, at least in maybe the way he branded it or phrased it, or packaged it up is a personal advisory board. So he has this personal advisory board. It's a very diverse one of people younger, older, different industries, people in his immediate circle, people outside his circle that he can go to 
when he needs a decision or when he needs some insight or advice or counsel. I don't think I use the people around me well enough to go to. Everything is in my head. And I get those thoughts out onto paper and type them out. But I don't go to people necessarily to process things. I go to words to process things. And he has a different perspective. Neither one's right or wrong. They provide different value. They provide value in different contexts. But either way, I can definitely improve my personal advisory board. I think there's people in my circle that are semi-pseudo in it. But maybe it's worth creating an explicit one for myself. And especially having a diverse one. Having someone who's older, like a Langston, who's done this before. People in the squad with Lauren Widrick, Jessica Lackey, and others. People who are diverse like that, who have had these diverse experiences, not just who look diverse and on the surface are diverse. But people who are also younger and who have all this experience and knowledge and wisdom and provide a different insight and perspective on things that I want to learn from as well. So having a personal diverse, personal advisory board and a diverse one is going to be food for thought for me as I go into 2023 and have something more robust and explicit. The last thing I want to mention here is fulfillment. I actually, again, don't know if he wrote it, but this was in the me section of the notes of his last chapter. So hopefully I'm not putting words in his mouth. But I have here as fulfillment, like how would you, before I give my definition, take a second here to pause this and think about if you had to define fulfillment, what would that be? I'm going to give my definition here. So, and, and de definitions are dynamic. So this is my definition as of right now, on December 11th, 2022. So fulfillment for me, as the way I defined it today and when I wrote that note, was if I died today, I would have no regret in how I impacted others. Like if I died today, I would have no regret in how I impacted others. That's fulfillment. Is, is that how you think about it? How, like, how would you define it? So take some time to think about it. It's a deep question. And mine was a deep, deep definition. But you know, how would you define fulfillment? Because really, that's what we're all, we're all after. We're just trying to feel fulfilled. We're trying to feel full. Trying to feel good. Trying to feel better. So, anyways, thank you for listening. Hopefully you got some food for thought. There were a lot of great insights that I had from the book. And again, I'm not going to I'm going to stop rating books for other people. I may rate it for myself, just for myself, but I don't want to project and impose those that value onto others. But I found a lot of great insights here, both as a reader and as a future author. So, 
Hopefully you enjoyed listening to another episode of Size Eyes podcast and the Fully Content series. And I will see you next time. Thank you.